The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. What a great show this is going to be. You, you, and that kind of puts the pressure on us. Matt Sarah is getting high, and we have the great Michael Chandler. What? Oh, sorry. I got Michael Chandler here. Start with that. The I apologize. The okay, let me redo it. I, I, I you didn't mean to mention that you were doing is? drugs. Sorry. Uh, okay, we got UFC Unfiltered. We have the great Michael Chandler, and Matt is vaping, but not drugs. Listen. Look below me. In my thing, it's like the, you know, on the Zoom, you see the Brady Bunch. You look up to the left. Mike's yep. on the bottom. Look on the bottom. Role model. Look up top. <laughs> yeah, silly jujitsu guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, listen, Michael, first of all, thank you for coming on. We yeah. always love when you hang out with us. You're fun and you know how to speak. I love that. That's two good things. I want to know, before we go anywhere, what the hell? Because Dustin Poirier seems pretty level-headed. You're extremely professional. You're known for being professional and level-headed. Well, I, I mean, I, I was watching at a, um, at a, a you, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There was a UFC uh, event, and you, it was almost like a, 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 a street fight or an altercation with you and Dustin Poirier, and security had to get involved. To me, it was kind of, it felt, I, well, explain what happened before I say it's out of character for anybody. Um, yeah, we did the UFC VIP fan experience deal. Um, you know, hanging out with taking pictures with uh, a bunch of fans up there in the UFC VIP area. Uh, I came down, I think my seat was very, very close to Dustin Poirier's. Um, I was about to walk over there. One of the security guards came over and said, Hey, uh, you know, they said, don't sit over there. We're going to separate. And I was like, separate what? So then we walked around and then I heard someone screaming. I looked over and it was him, I think, pointing at me. So I'm like, hey, let me go see what this guy's saying. And he was talking to me. So, yeah, it was just uh, he, he had a couple words for me. Now, and, uh, you know, it happens. Did he have a couple drinks? I mean, does it, it doesn't. But what is it doesn't it, seem like him? Is, I mean, yeah, he doesn't seem like the type to to fake who he is to, to hype a fight. Right. No, I don't think that's what it was. I mean, if, if you hear him, I heard him say in another interview, he, he decided that, hey, if, I'm, if I have a problem with the guy, when I see him, I'm going to take that opportunity to tell him how I feel because you never know how you're going to, you know, you never know when you're going to run into fellow competitors or other people. He saw me. He wanted to say his piece out loud in person. And, uh, and he did instead of taking to social media or whatnot. So, Which you respect. You seem like you almost respect that as opposed to. Absolutely. I got no problem with it. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, do, am, am I known for being a guy who gets in a, a headline of, you know, almost gets into a physical altercation at a, at a public event where I don't get paid for it? No, that's not my, that's not my MO. Um, November 12th, we get to settle the score. Right. What was his problem with you? You're a nice guy and I don't see anybody having a problem with you. No, I think it's just, I think he and I, uh, he and I, so when I came into the UFC, I didn't have any relationship with any, any, anybody at all. Um, or at least any of my fellow competitors when 
Poirier and I first met, we actually first met right before I fought uh, my last fight in Bellator. You know, it was, uh, hey, man, nice to finally meet you. Big fan of your style. He said the same thing. You know, been watching each other from afar. Sure. Uh, a lot of mutual respect. Then we fought in the same card in Abu Dhabi. Sat there for like an hour during weigh-ins and just talked about fighting, family, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You know, it was very cordial. And then, you know, he went out there and beat um, Connor. I went out there and beat Hooker. People were talking about me and him fighting. And then, you know, he said he didn't really want to fight me because whatever, I hadn't cut my teeth yet. So I think since then, he and I have just been on, uh, you know, saying some things in some interviews where we are, I think we respect the heck out of each other, but we uh, aren't going to be friends like we thought we might have been. Uh, here we go. Yeah. getting uh, Going to get after it here in four weeks. <laughs> Probably hard in the same division. Uh, you're both, yeah. you number five, and I think Dustin's number two am i correct about number two or three yeah. i mean yeah. so it's probably hard to be really close buddies when you guys know that you're gonna have to go through each other to get uh, another shot at that belt exactly and that's and that's the boiling point that kind of happens it's like hey when it when when you're not you know when a guy's not close to your uh to your ranking and there's not a chance of you fighting him anytime soon you know similar to actually this weekend they, they talked about um the quarterback the green bay packers just Rogers. played. Yeah. And he just played one of the very young, young quarterbacks. And they, during the preseason, they were talking about how Aaron Rodgers was very, very nice to him, was giving him some secrets and working on this and Hey, work on that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they've kind of stayed cordial and then all of a sudden, Hey, shoot, we're going to, you guys are pretty good. We're pretty good. We're vying for the same spot that that, that little thing called the Super Bowl, And then the text messages and the cordialness kind of, uh, Faded away. Very similar to me and Dustin Poirier. Got a ton of respect for him. I think he's a good thing for the sport. He's a consummate professional. Um, that has never changed. Uh, my opinion of whether or not, you know, he uh, he has given me the respect that I have earned or deserved is is uh, beside the question. So, and, and after you fight, like so many guys, especially if there's not a reason to hate each other, I'm sure things will be different. But do, do you have to dislike somebody? Like some guys can fight anybody. And then there's other guys that have like a no list. Like, you know, this person I want to fight. Do you have to have a certain feeling or do you develop a certain feeling when you're about to fight somebody? I don't. And actually, um, the more distaste that I have for somebody, the, the, the worse it actually is. So even if, you know, I don't want to make it personal. I've, I've had fights in the past that have, have become personal, whether it be just that guy just won't stop talking. That guy just won't stop saying things. That guy just, um, there's somewhat of a, of a, Hey, I, I really don't like that guy. We would never be friends. You know, you'd be thinking about a sure. guy like Dustin Poirier. We sat down for coffee. We'd find 287 things that we have in common. Yeah. Um, the most of which is that we love to fight in a cage and, and we're pretty good at it. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. So I, uh, I don't want to make it personal, um, for me personally. Um, I, it is not personal for me. He's got two arms, two legs. He's my size. And we're going to step into an octagon November 12th. You know, it's funny, like when it comes to uh, guys getting just the best example I can think of the most immediate is, is Aldo McGregor, where you could tell that he Connor was so in his head. He was so angry at Connor that he just got a little over eager. He wanted to hit him so bad and it wound up costing him big. So, yeah, I guess there are guys who are really good at getting into someone's head. And at times it like a guy like Nate Diaz, you're not going to get into his head like there's some guys. And it's nice to hear that you don't you don't let that affect you either. Yeah. Well, I try to, I try to avoid it at all costs, honestly, because I think for me personally, I perform better when it's just, Hey, it's business as usual. I'm not fighting a person, a certain man, a, a heartbeat out there. I'm just fighting, like I said, two arms and two legs. A guy sure. my you like it better that it's a, a three round compared to a, a five round or are you indifferent on that? Uh, kind of indifferent. You know, I think I perform well in five rounds. I think I perform well in, in three rounds. Um, you know, obviously this being the third fight before, you know, three fights before the, um, the end of the card, or I guess, or two fights before the main event it makes a lot of sense. You can't have three, five round fights on there. Uh, especially since ours is not a title fight. So, you know, it is, uh, it is how the, the, the chips landed and three rounds. It is 15 minutes of, uh, all gas, no breaks. But well, it's a great card, Gerard, Adesanya, uh, uh, Pereira, and of course, Esparza against uh, Zhang Weili, and you guys as the third fight, a hooker, uh, Puelos. I mean, what a great, great card that is. I mean, you must, it, three rounds for either one of you guys is, is probably not much different than five because you both have tremendous cardio. You're both conditioned. So I wonder if it, does it kind of balance out, you think, when both guys are, fa are, are fairly equal in the ability to put out cardio? I do. And honestly, I think, I think there's good, there's, 
Although it doesn't make sense because just conventional wisdom would say, well, a longer fight has to be better than a, a shorter fight. That's just kind of a blanket statement. But for a guy, guys like us, I think when you know you can push hard for 15 minutes, there's no, no, no pacing whatsoever. You right. see a lot of guys, you see a lot in title fights, um, unfortunately, which should be the biggest fight in our in our sport, but you see a guy knowing, Hey, 25 minutes is a very long time being inside the octagon for 30 minutes with the, you know, the one round or the one minute break in between. That is a very, very long time. You got to conserve a little bit of energy. You got to, you got to pick your yeah. spots. You got to tap the brakes a little bit here and there, find positions to, to rest. If you will, 15 minutes, you know, as you saw with me and Justin Gates, you just go in balls to the walls, you know, just all gas, no brakes. Are there ever moments, oh, I'm sorry, man, I, and I'm going to ask this to both you guys as fighters, like sometimes in, in professional football and offensive and defensive linemen, they go at each other, but they both know they're not going as hard as they possibly can. Like, I'm not going to try to break your neck and you're not going to break. Do, you, do fighters ever have that moment where you're both tired in the cage and it's an unspoken thing, like we're giving each other 20 seconds or 30 seconds to breathe here? There, yeah, there's definitely been those those spots where you're just, you know, uh, the, the, my last fight, actually, when I got dropped against Justin Gaethje, I think he kind of he held me in a front headlock for like 20, 30 seconds. And I'm I'm kind of holding his hands. He's sitting there kind of like, well, hey, if you if you ain't moving, I ain't moving. If you move, I'm gonna move. you know what? One you of those got it. Like, I'm OK to take a break here if you are, you know, like and then obviously the, the fight, you know, became fight of the year or whatnot. So that little bit of rest really uh, deterred, the, deterred the fans from voting for it. But there are those moments, too, where, where Matt will say, obviously, because Matt is also a jujitsu expert. It's not yeah. all about offense all the time. It's using leverage. It's holding a position, knowing that you're in a good position, waiting for your opponent to move and then give you that opening that you're waiting for. You're kind of just laying in the weight, setting a trap. When you're setting a trap, it's not constant offense. It's okay. Let me get to this position. I'm going to rest here for five seconds, seven seconds. He's on, un he's uncomfortable. He's going to move, put me, put him right into the side choke, put him right into this triangle, whatever. Yeah. Even when you're both tired though, it usually feels like someone's got a little bit more in the tank. And yeah. if you see the other guy tired, it kind of gives you more juice. Like, you know what I mean? If we're, if I'm tired and Michael's tired, sometimes the guy who has the better poker face is like, uh, oh, fuck, man, I'm exhausted. How is this guy not exhausted? For instance, 20 fucking years ago, I fought BJ Penn, right? And uh, it went down to the third round, and he was fucking exhausted. But what a poker face. That yeah. crazy Hawaiian just, you know, he did not. <laughs> but then afterwards, back, his, his, his brothers and him had his arms. And I felt good. I had good endurance. I was running a lot of hills for that. I mean, running hills at Eric's High School. So, fuck. I remember being like, man, I could have pushed it and won that last round. But anyway, but he, and afterwards, he was getting carried. I'm like, man, he was not only as tired to me. I think he's worse. He's fucking worse. But, you know. Hindsight's, 50, you know, 2020. It's not 50 50. You almost I mean, said hindsight's 50 50. <laughs> I'm thinking of the 50. I'm doing leg locks lately. But, uh, you know, that, yeah, that, that comes with your fight IQ. A poker face. I, I know that you guys were caught up and you didn't see the, the, the fight over the weekend. Nick's, Nick uh, Maximoff. Nick Maximoff. I'm saying his, right, his name right, Jake the Mighty. Let me get it. He, I just want to say this. He hurt his knee in the first round. As I scroll through, he fought, he fought Jacob. Let me get the guy's name. Ba -da -ba -ba. It was on the undercard. Only because, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Jacob Malcorn. 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 Okay, Malcorn. Jacob Malcorn beat Nick Maximoff. Now, Nick Maximoff is, a, is really a jiu-jitsu. He's a jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a wrestler. He got kicked in the first round. Or, or even he got kicked or he stumbled wrong. He did something to his knee. So before you even notice between rounds when he says it to his corner, that you've seen him just grimacing. Now, look, he might have been in fucking it might have been horrendous, but you, you, you now I knew it. The fucking announcers knew it. The fighter the other corner knew it. Like, you got to try to disguise that fucking pain. You know what I mean? He, he made it through to give it to his credit. He could, but he never fully recovered. But uh a poker face means a lot in this game. I think. Yeah, there's there's those moments where you just got to, you know, because that was that's this fight. This fighting game is so much more mental than it is physical. And even just the the turning of the tides, the, uh, you know, momentum, giving giving the opposition momentum, whether it's showing pain, showing fatigue, showing showing it on your face, showing it on your body language. Joe, you got to You got to train that just as much as you train your hands, your jujitsu, everything else.
What fight? Matt, maybe you remember, or Michael, you might. There was a fight recently where the guy was so visibly tired, he was actually putting his hands on his knees, and they were commenting on it, and we spoke about it, and my Rockhold. memory... Luke Rockhold and uh, yeah, there you go. And everybody yeah. loved that fight. I liked the Luke Rockhold versus Paul Acosta, and everybody right. loved that fucking Fuck fight. Yeah, I but did. Yeah, they loved it because it was the emotion that was involved. Sure, not because I mean that. I was watching it backstage. Me and Longo, we were like, "This is a fucking shit fest." I mean, it was, it was <laughs> like, these guys are exhausted. Like, oh, and we were like, not not. We were being honest, and we were back there with some of Luke's guys, and they're like, they're rolling, they're rolling their eyes. But then we came out, everybody's like, that's the fight of the fucking decade. I'm like, really? Really? That? What the fuck? Tommy made it out. And I'm, I'm as a, 40, and, yeah. and I, I like Paula Costa too. I'm not, I'm not crapping on them, but it wasn't Gaethje versus Chandler. It, was, it wasn't two primed athletes. It was hands on the knees. The last time I saw that was Kimbo Slice versus fucking uh, some other. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. I'm not trying to be a tough critic, but. No, no, I, I, agree. I agree with you. And, it, and it's funny, though, too, because sometimes we. Uh, you know, and we're uh, we're fighters, but like I think sometimes the fans also forget that we're human beings. Uh, and not to mention the fact that it might not look like a lot of stuff was happening in in a certain scramble, in a certain position. All of a sudden, you stand up, you're lightheaded, your heart heart rate's going through the roof. The lactic acid has set it settled in, and uh, what a, what a beautiful thing it is, kind of actually, when you stop for a second, put your hands on your knees, and, and people are like, "Wait a second, what's happening? We've never seen this before. What's going on?" It almost adds to the intrigue of the fight. Now, like you said, Matt, I would ju I'm just as much of a critic as you. Um, you want you want to you want to look at like a professional athlete and be able to push for 15 minutes, 25 minutes, but you know, it almost adds to the intrigue of, "Hey, okay, what's going to happen next?" Well, that's that's exactly it. Oh, sorry, because that's exactly it. As a fan. Uh, I can tell you that, like, I don't relate when I watch you fight or I watch Gaethje. I don't relate to that level of athleticism. Like, I, I just, it, it's it's like watching two guys in a fucking comic book. But a guy who's going, oh, fuck, with his hands on his knees, I, I know what that is. So almost like fans watch that and we understand what that place is to be in and to continue fighting when you're in that place. People can go, holy shit. Like, it almost gives a relative comparison where watching what you guys do with such high uh, uh, elite level athletes is almost unrelatable because you, you, the average person can't comprehend the level of skill you need or the level of training or the level of, level of cardio. But to be able to fight two more rounds with your hands on your knees when you're like, you, like, you almost can visibly see him going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that we can kind of go, oh man, I know what that feels like. And I could never come back from that and continue fighting but yeah i think that's why the fans liked it so much just because to watch two tired guys fight there's something about that it's like it's like a schoolyard yeah exactly brings them back it brings you back yeah i personally you know and it's not a macho thing but i never once was walking to the cage or getting ready for a fight being like afraid of getting hurt as much not even close not in nearly not as not even close compared to me getting afraid of being uh, tired. Yeah. And because, you know, that old saying, um, fatigue makes cowards of all men. Dude, it's true, dude. You don't, you don't want to be like that because what are you going to do? There's yeah. nowhere to fucking go. What are you going to say? All right, I had enough. What are you going to do? You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Like I did with Carol Breezy. I got tired. The guy's name is The Heat. It sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guy wasn't giving me a second to breathe. Yep. Got Longo asking me, what do you want me to do? I go, you stop this. I'll hit you with a fucking stool. I was exhausted. But anyway, that I don't like it. That's that why I'll never go on a versa climber again because I got PTSD from it. And that thing, the second, I remember before, every time before I leave for camp, whether it was the leave of Vegas or wherever I was going, we get the last fucking versa climber thing in, versa climber training in. And I would be so happy. It's the last time I have to do that until the next camp. That it was just, I'm skipping to the fucking cage. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. If you do the right thing. You got to yep. torture yourself. You torture yourself like that, and you still have your hands on your knees, I'd be ashamed of myself because I knew I didn't do the right thing. I don't know. That's just how I feel. You know. Have you ever had that, Michael, where you're in a fight and you just, something doesn't go where you want and you just, you, you, you're exhausted and you know he's not? Yeah, actually, whenever, uh, Whenever Matt was talking about BJ Penn, I was thinking immediately. I was thinking Benson Henderson. Benson Henderson just is so durable and has a has a gas tank. He doesn't do a the way I like to describe Benson Henderson. He's he's a championship level fighter. Obviously, the UFC champion um, has now been in Bellator for forever. 
Um, but he's just so durable and he's not the most offensive technical phenomenon. He's just very hard. He's, he's not, he's hard to dominate. He's hard to beat because he's always, he's always in there. You know, you hit him glancing blows, you hit him with the kitchen sink. He doesn't even have a black eye. Doesn't even have a scratch, throw him on his head. He gets up, he's flinging his hair everywhere. I actually passed out after the fourth round, um, had my coach drag me to the corner. I completely blacked out. Um, uh, the, the not, I wasn't getting enough blood to my head or I guess, cause I did this weird flip little thing and he kind of had like a weird little choke at the very end of the buzzer bell goes off. Coach picks me up. I wake up in the middle of the corner and then I still had to go back and fight five more minutes. Uh, ended up winning the fight. Um, yes. but goodness gracious, it was, uh, that was the most exhausted that I've ever been. And that was, you know, that's a lot of, a lot of fear. Like you said, Matt, you're like, Holy cow. How am I, I got five more minutes. These rounds are much longer than the fans think when you're actually inside of them. <laughs> Yeah, extremely, extremely well-rounded was uh, Benson Henderson also. Yeah. Extremely well-rounded and uh, very flexible. You have his leg up in the air. He's hopping around. <laughs> he's like, you know? he, wasn't, he wasn't phenomenal anywhere. He was just great everywhere. He was yeah. average everywhere. So 100%. most of the time you can find avenues and, and holes in guys' games, if you will, to be like, okay, I can exploit this guy here. Let me stay here. But you couldn't stay anywhere with Benson because he was just good everywhere. UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by NEDS, the official wagering partner of the UFC in Australia. Aussie Fight fans, keep an eye out for this weekend's UFC pay-per-view event as NEDS offers a split decision return. This means if you place a head-to-head -head bet on any main card fight and your pick loses by split decision, NEDS will pay you out as a winner. Plus, you can pump up your odds with a UFC multi simply by combining your favorite markets across all fights on the card. The action doesn't stop with UFC. Neds has everything you need to take it to the Neds level, regardless of what you bet on. For those sports punters, Neds Same Game Multi is now available on more sports than ever before. And for the racing fanatics, Neds Blended is available on all three racing codes. Blended lets you pick multiple runners to win in the same race at special blended odds. It's never been easier for you to be paid out as a winner. Look, whatever you bet on. Take it to the Ned's level. UFC markets exclude South Australian residents. Split decision return eligible on first $250 stake. Minimum blended odds are $1.10 terms and conditions apply are available on the Ned's website. Remember to always gamble responsibly. Please call 1-800-858-858. It's like I, I, I watching Clay Guida fight. I always just feel like you mentioned the hair going. I'm like, that just looks fucking exhausting to have to deal with Clay Guida because he just he doesn't seem to be uncomfortable getting knocked down anywhere you want to go. He goes. He just seems almost like a wild man, but he's controlled. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So that just seems like an uncomfortable fight. Um, you're on a really, really uh, uh, an incredible card. We have an incredible card this uh, uh, Saturday too. Yes. Uh, Oliveira uh, Makachev. You fought Oliveira. Why do you think he's the underdog? I'm kind of surprised he is, and I think Chael said it about him. He doesn't get the respect he should get as champion, and I kind of agree um, because, again, he's beaten he's beaten a better level of fighter, I think, than Islam has. He's fought, uh, I think, overall a, a, a higher, uh, I guess, ranking of people than Islam has. Why do you think he's the underdog? I actually have no idea, and even, even now to this point, I figured the line would have changed a little bit um, because, I mean – how do you bet against Charles Oliveira? I mean, the streak that he is on, um, finishing me, finishing uh, Dustin, finishing Gaethje. Yep. I mean, these are the top guys in the world. I mean, at there was a moment there, I think, right before I fought him, as I was fighting him, he, there, there were some questions surrounding Charles Oliveira. Is he championship material? Is he? He, he was never able to be relied upon. He kind of had an up-and-down spotty career, missed weight a couple times, right? But now... You look at his track record the last couple of years, um, there is a lightweight champion. His name is Charles Oliveira. You know, that's he, he made that line kind of kind of famous. And I, I honestly have no idea. It does not make sense to me. I, I, I'm this. Uh, there's no way I'm betting against him. Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, Ferguson, Kevin Lee, Jared Gordon, Nick Lentz, like in a row. Like yeah. you are the, the top guys in the world. 
he has found a way, even with adversity too. It's not like he runs in and he just needs to, to do something immediately. He was in deep trouble a couple of times and managed to win those fights. So as a guy who's fought him, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can see that. I think he's very underrated. And I maybe, like you said, because of past things, they were, I, I cannot understand yeah. why every, maybe because Makachev has only lost one fight. I, I don't know. Yeah, and he's you know he's got a, a big record. Or was he 20, 20 22 something? and one? I think twenty two and one. Uh, twenty two and one. So he's got he's got that going for him, obviously. Sure. Um, but you know a lot of those were you know we know guys before they come into the UFC have fought you know twenty times or so, and how how great was the competition? You know you, you never know. But that's 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 not taking anything away from him. Now he is now coming to the into the UFC. He's been on a run. He's only lost one one fight in the UFC. Um, so when you look at strength of schedule, it's not even close. When you look at, um, you know, when you look at big high stakes fights, it's not even close. Charles should, should be the favorite hands down. Um, maybe it's the mystique surrounding him, his, his record. He's got, you know, his last couple fights have been, um, finishes, I believe, obviously, but nobody in the top, in the top five. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I th- he definitely deserves a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's getting this shot, but I think Oliver does not get the respect he deserves. Yep. And the thing is this, Islam Makachev, his ground game is phenomenal. It's really yeah. great. Uh, I'm looking at the guys that he's, that he's finishing with uh, on, on the ground, whether it's you know Bobby Green, Dan Hooker, Thiago Moses, uh, and Drew Dober. None of them are real ground experts i'm gonna say how's Thiago? i'm not sure but the other guys i seen just recently uh i seen islam fight it said bjj black belt didn't give the guy's fucking name you know when you're on facebook and fights pop up when you're scrolling through yeah that popped up i watched it right i got stomach trouble it was like 5 a.m and i'm on the toilet but jimmy this this is how i find things you know sure stomach trouble i hope you're okay watching and I'm like, yo, he he won the fight, Islam. I don't know how long ago this was. It was a while ago, but he didn't he didn't even come close to submitting this guy. Okay, this jujitsu guy. You know. Then I saw a fight in the UFC. I'm, it might be his first fight. It's Armand Sarukian. I I don't know his grappling ability, but man, that was a competitive fight. It was competitive. He didn't get he and he was almost getting him in the old uh, Dakistani uh, handcuff and this and that. But uh, does um, uh, Jimmy? Yes, Sarukian. Does Oh, uh, Sarukian. Tia. It's a hard one. The Tia. I'm sorry. Professional Matt Sarah. Listen to me. Uh, he he was he was in that fight from bell to bell. So that makes me look at things a lot differently as far as the one thing that that Islam does. He leaves his fucking neck out there. Guys look even guys like like who are good with the guillotine, like Nick Lentz and whoever else. They look to get a bite of it. And then he, he ends up popping his head out and getting the takedown. If I feel if he get, if he's sleeping, and we all seen the shirts, ah, Sambo was easy, it'd be called jujitsu. If he's sleeping at all on Charles Oliveira's jujitsu, it, it, I think it's gonna be a fucking it could be a rough time down there, man. A rough time. I haven't seen any, but there's guys that powered through that shit a while ago, Paul Felder and whoever else. So, so a couple other guys, they, they powered through his submission attempts, but Charles is so accurate down there. Mm. And again, this is Charles Oliveira, like 2.0 compared to what he was back in the day. The experience he's at an all time high. I think that I think that I think not only is he not going to submit him down there, he can get submitted. Islam Makhachev. Yeah. You know? I don't know. From what I've just been watching lately with him, with these other guys. So that means the what's the, what's going to be the difference on the feet. So what do you think about on the feet alone? What about on the feet, Michael? I think it's I think it's not even close. I think Charles Charles is just much sharper. Um, you know, he hurt Gaethje, he hurt Dustin, obviously he hurt me. Um, he's he's longer than you think. He's 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 got a good offense, but he's also got really great counter striking as well. You know, um, so I I think Islam might be worried about not necessarily the takedown, not as, not as, not as if uh, Charles is going to shoot a double leg, shoot a high crotch, shoot a single leg, but backing him up against the cage. Like he did, like with the Dustin, get him, get him around a body lock, throw the leg over, take the back standing, standing rear naked choke, drag it to the ground, be in a good position. Um, So it's going to be, I mean, I think it's a very interesting fight. I think the line is a little bit off. Um, I don't say that to take anything away from Islam. If it, when, when, or if Islam, beats Charles, 
you know, he's obviously be, become our champion at, at 155, and I'd love to get a crack at it after that. What, were, were you uh, were you prepared for Oliveira's power, or did his power surprise you a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's the shots that you don't see coming that, that are the ones that really hurt you. Um, you know, obviously, when I fought, stood toe-to-toe with Gaethje, uh, a lot of those shots I could see coming. I was able to brace. Uh, Oliveira just timed me with a perfect left hook right on the chin, and, you know, that's the rest is history. Um, as you know, like I said, case, case in point, his, 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 um, reactionary counter striking is better than we give him credit for, you know? So, um, he catches his with that left hook. It's, it's going to be night, night. And, and if yeah. I remember correctly, I'm sorry, Jimmy, I, okay. I believe you had a nice guillotine on, on Charles, didn't you? How did that feel? Yeah. Um, it felt, uh, I probably should have, uh, you know, I think I just I had put it on him so much. I had already hit, hit him with a couple shots pretty hard yeah. that I think I, I was like, you, you know how once you get, get a guy's range, once you get the range on the feet and you got a beeline right for him, you got a bullseye right on his chin. Yeah. I kind of I went in for the guillotine, felt like it was maybe 50-50. So I wanted to just let it go so I can get back on the feet. And I and I felt comfortable giving up my back, felt comfortable getting the one-on-one. Yeah got out of the figure four, um, slammed him, got back up, and then you know landed some more punches and, and almost finished him in that round. And we mentioned Saruki, and his last fight was with Gamrot, uh, and that was a, a five-round. It was a really great fight. And Gamrot is fighting uh, Benil Dariush on this uh, coming card, which is a fight that is really great. Uh, I'm really happy for Dariush. He's another guy who I think doesn't get the respect that he quite deserves. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be uh, – you, know, you talk about uh, – and who's Saruki in fighting? He's fighting. Uh, is he on this card? I, Jesus uh, Christ. No, he's not on this card. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have a fight lined up. But, yeah, you see Gamrot now fighting a top five guy. So, you know, there's going to be some some changes and some shuffling going on inside the, the top of the division happening very soon. Uh, so, now Volkanovski is allegedly the backup for this fight, you know, which that might lend itself to the possibility that he's next in line for the title, which I'm not huge on, not only because, it you know, it's in my weight class, but also, you know, it's tough when guys try to do this double champ thing, man. How do you defend both belts? It just holds up divisions, you know? Right. Hey, look, you've had even the great, uh, the great uh, Israel Adesanya learned that lesson, you know? And again, he went up and people respected him because he went up and he fought uh, Blahovich, but it's not easy to go up and wait uh, or, and just take out the champion as your, as your, your first yeah. or second fight at that weight class. Yeah, exactly. Cause, cause Volkanovsky is not a, not a big, you know, not a, he's not a tall dude. He's, he's, you know, used to be 200 something pounds. You look at his old rugby photos. <laughs> Yeah. I, what I do you think about? I'm sorry, Jim. I got a okay. two-part question for, for Michael Chandler here. It's about you you versus, let's say, you versus Islam Makachev. Now, one, styles make fights. You versus Charles was very intriguing. Like the, some of the things you just said about him with the body triangle, dude, nine out of ten guys ain't getting out of that shit. And you, I seen one of your memes, like, whatever you do, don't give me your back. You're like, ah, hold my beer, slam them, or whatever. <laughs> I remember, whatever you do, don't slam out of that. You're like, ah, hold my beer. You do it. You get out. It's amazing, you know. Not, it's not. Most people are done, you know. But styles make fights. Now, Islam Makachev, if you fought him, that's definitely a different. You know, he's not going to guard. That's for sure. And I'm gonna feel. I would want to know one. How do you feel stylistically? And two. Do you feel like you want to almost get one back for Team USA? In a sense, Justin Gaethje was going to fight when he's fighting Habib at the lead-up. He never fought somebody with Justin's um, wrestling pedigree. Oh, old-school catch wrestling versus this folk-style wrestling, whatever he's getting into. But he's holding that flag, and then he got taken down and mounted, and oh, geez, a Dagestan, he's one for them. Do you ever you feel like you'd get one back for the team or for the USA? And how do you think your American wrestling would would go against his um, uh, Dakistani grappling? I think uh, really well. I, I, honestly, I think, um, I think I'm more skilled on the feet, faster on the feet. So I think if I, I think I would, I would keep the fight. I would be able to keep the fight standing. I think Islam would be, he would get hit with a couple shots. He would immediately start looking for a takedown. Takedown's not going to be there. Um, you know, I train with, I mean, we, we have a very wrestling heavy training scenario here with Greg yes. Jones, Greg Jones um, leading it. Um, we've also got a, a guy named Saeed that mo- moved here from, he was actually used to be a part of Khabib's camp. So there's now a, a decent amount of Russians guys coming in, all great wrestlers. We got numerous old, all Americans, um, in D- NCAA division one college wrestling. So our wrestling days are, are, should be a pay-per-view for wrestling. You know, yes. so it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I just, I, I love the sport of wrestling. I love, I love being able to, 
to, you know, win those positions because as you said, fatigue makes a coward of us all and wrestling is the easiest way to fatigue a man. So I think uh, he would be looking for the shot early and often. I think he would, he would, um, he would run into a brick wall. I think I'd stop it. If I wanted, if I wanted to uh, kind of take the ground, take the fight to the ground, I think I'd be able to get it there if I wanted to, but I think I'd be able to throw a lot more punches and uh, make him feel my power, speed, quickness, and movement. And I think he'd be in a spot where he doesn't want to be. So I've seen the scrambles with you and uh, Kamara Usman, I believe. Yeah. With some of those takedowns. Now that's some stuff you can't teach. I, I don't, I don't know if you were a gymnast in your past life. You do some stuff where you're, I seen some scrambles with you guys. I'm like, wow. Like you just, he has the leg. You're doing like a backflip. He's doing a backflip. It's just like, again, that would come into play when, yeah. when, when guy. I mean, I don't know. I was expecting more of, of what I'm seeing. Like, I think you and Islam Makachev would be more of what I expected Justin versus Habib to be. More, yeah. but you know what I mean? Because it was so one-sided with the grappling. And I'm not, I love Justin. I'm not shitting on him. And again, it's grappling. Then there's MMA grappling. The cage has a lot to do with it. And, but uh, I, it was so one-sided, you yeah. know? Well, part, yeah, part of me, uh, part of me is rooting for Islam as well. I, I think Charles is the favorite. Um, I think people would want to see me rematch, rematch Charles because of our, our history. I do think, you know, you think about a Darius, you think about a Volkanovsky, you think about these guys who, man, I mean, I think, I think Islam is a better matchup for those guys than, than me, you know, if you will. So I think, uh, I think if the UFC wants to play the, Hey, who, uh, who's going to give Islam the biggest test test who just beat the number two guy who's. Who's one of the biggest guys in the division? I think me versus Makachev makes a lot of sense, or me versus Oliveira, but that's not it's not up to me. So we'll see. What do you think about to uh, Piotr Jan against Sean O'Malley? Is uh, is Jan favored in that in that fight? Does anybody know? I do not know. Um, I would I'm imagine sure. he is. Yes, he is. Sorry, he's uh, yeah minus four hundred. Okay, yeah, um, so big favorite. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's a very uh, that's a huge matchup for O'Malley. Um, you know, because I know that if, if he wins that fight in a in really exciting fashion, he could be kind of fast tracked to it. Because I know that they would love to give him a shot because he's such a charismatic, you know, loved guy. But yeah, that's a that's a, a very tough fight for him. It is. That's uh, man. Those are those are two two of the best strikers on the planet. And Sean O'Malley's just confidence and braggadocious way that he moves and just um, just his his. I guess the versatility of his strikes, the the way that they come from different positions, the way that they come, it's just uh, honestly, it's it's very it's something to behold for me. I'm like, man, I would love to be able to do that. That is way too complicated for me. I'm more of a one, two, three, stay in stay in good position kind of guy. So I'm a fan of his style. Peter yeah. is like a piece of iron, like he really yeah. is. This has a a Hagler Hearns feel to it, except I don't think. I think unlike Hagler in that fight, I think uh, it is uh, unlike Hearns in that fight. Uh, I believe O'Malley will be using his length and his his jab and whatnot. I don't think he's just going to sit there and brawl. But yeah. uh, but Peter, he's going to have to keep Peter on. He's he's got to get Peter Yan's respect early. But I believe in the Jose Aldo fight with Peter Yan, there was some good exchanges. But I mean, are we yet this? I mean, I know Peter took a couple in there, but. We're not. We're yet to see this guy wounded standing up. Pretty much. I mean, he's yeah. never got. You never seen him get hit. It was like, oh, he's fucking. He's ferocious. So yeah. something's and it doesn't. And it's so funny because one is no pullback on his punches, just straight from the chin. I'm much like O'Malley's, but could he get through that range? Could he get through that range, Michael? You, where? I mean, is the height going to be a problem? Yeah, I think. I think that's one of O'Malley's biggest weapons. He's. He's so versatile and dangerous moving forward, but then he's also just so he's got he's got shades of Dominic Cruz, the you know prime Dominic Cruz, where that punch just misses by literally misses by a gnat's eyelash, and you're just like, oh, this could be the one that could put him out. Nope, missed it by just barely, you know. And he's just good. He's good, and he's good spinning and throwing kicks and that length, and he throws the kick up the middle to the body to the head. Man, it's a uh, Piotr Jan, Jan is so, so you use the word ferocious. That is a perfect word, but also very basic and just technical. You yes. know, it's nothing crazy flashy. It's more, it's not flashy, but it is exciting because of his ability to fire right back with a leg kick, fire right back with one of those punches when he throws a counter shot and, it, and they come hard. So 
it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. The only uh, there was one thing I, O'Malley and I forget it might have been the Mutuna fight I don't remember where it was like it almost looked like he was looking for a highlight reel knockout. I thought he had him. Am I, am I remembering that right? In the first round against Chris Martino, he had him really hurt, and then almost like it was almost like it was looking for the walk off home run, and then it wound up going into the third, and it, it hurt him like. Uh, and I think that's one thing I hope that he's gotten beyond that, like looking for the knockout that everybody tweets, like, um, because he would have gotten it. You know what I mean? It just wouldn't have been one punch. I, I don't remember the circumstances, that, but I remember thinking like, oh. Jimmy, that kid was a fucking zombie though. That he was broke. as tough as they come and no one, you know, again, I think he was a last minute replacement, but still, uh, that was one of those things where I was like, oh, I watched O'Malley do that. And I'm like, no, he should have just went in and gotten the finish when he could have got it instead of looking for the worrying about how it looked. Yeah, I, I was always the exact opposite. I was the guy where if I hit you with something, and I still am, if I hit you with something, I'm coming, I'm coming, coming and closing the distance as fast as I possibly can yeah. because I want to hit you with more, which isn't always the best thing. There has been numerous fights, even I think even the Charles Oliveira fight, there was a punch there where he was pretty much out, and then I hit him and woke him back up. And I think I've done that. I've done that three, I think probably three times in fights. So you almost wish at, at some point you're able to, but it's, this is also looking at a fight through the lens of a fan who's like, oh man, why do you, why do you keep hitting him? Or why didn't he do this? Or why didn't he do that? We're not thinking clearly when we're in there fighting, you know, you're basically just going off of instinct. So. And there's uh, something about, sorry, Michael, there's something about when you have somebody hurt in there, it's, it's like, oh my God, this is almost over. Let me end this. Cause, cause yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I remember a fight that Jimmy brings up a lot is me and Frank Trigg. And I remember when I heard him and he dropped. And it was like, you ever see like when Terminator or Robocop, it's like when they're, they're lining up the shots, like dee, dee, dee. you see the chin and you follow it. And yeah, Frank's head is bouncing, fucking bouncing off the ground. There's a girl in the background going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is this, you're not being cruel. You know that if like what happened with you and Charles, you hit him, he woke up. Not only is the fight over, now it didn't go your way. It's like, fuck, you want it over. We want to be, dude, as much as we love it in there, some of the adrenaline, we want to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. I mean, you don't want to rush it. But when you see that window, stay on them, stay on them, stay on them. You know, you can't, it's not like you think, oh, I'm going to punch them and wake them up. No, you're like, oh, fuck, wounded animal, kill. Yeah, exactly. That's just no. what goes through my brain, Jimmy. Yeah, well, yeah. There's not much going through my brain except for that's just um, <laughs> that's just what we're trained to do. And 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 if you know if one if one punch hurts them, that means the next two or three should hurt them as, as well, right? That's what, that's conventional wisdom, but yes, doesn't always go that way. Are, are there times where it really does wake somebody up, like where you think that they might be kind of finished, and that punch just snaps them out of it? One hundred percent. I mean, yeah. You you know that's why you see some of these some of these walk off ones where where you can kind of just see a guy he's his eyes are open. He's kind of moving, but the ref has to come in and stop the fight because there is no way that that person on the ground right there with his eyes rolled in the back of his head, he's still there, but he's not there. There's no way that he can intelligently right. defend himself, but then you hit him. And then his, his animal animal part of his brain says, cover up, you know, fight or flight type of mentality. He starts moving. Now he moves. Now the ref doesn't stop it. because oh. Then you hit him. Then you or you actually hit him, and he's like pretty much out and wakes back up, and you can tell that he's jumps in on a single leg, or you know. So it's it's happened numerous times. Yeah, you get close enough by hitting him again, where he can grab you and survive until he does wake up. You put in the work training at the gym, on the court, at the track, wherever you go. You push your body to the limit. Now maximize your results. Discover how to unlock your inner champion with Thorne's high-performance sports nutrition line. With the most comprehensive line of NSF certified for sport products on the market, Thorne is the unquestioned leader in both quality and innovation in sports nutrition. With pre-built fitness bundles like Thorne's Training Bundle, you can jumpstart your training and fitness routines and help take your performance to the next level. Don't trust your body to anything else. Choose the supplement brand with the extensive third-party testing and the highest level of certification recognized in pro sports, Choose Thorn, the official sports performance nutrition partner of the UFC. Visit Thorn.com and use the promo code UFC10. That's T-E-N for 10% off. That's promo code UFC10 and you get 10% off and Matt and I get the credit and that's all that matters.
Guys, the opening fight on the main card over the weekend, uh, Alonzo Manyfield uh, versus Misha Serkinov. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Kind of like what we're talking about, but the exact opposite. Dude, Alonzo Manyfield, he knocked him down. And you've seen Richard Steele running like in slow motion. And when you do, when they do the replay, because when he knocked him down, he hit him again. And then he hit him again. And he's already, he's already, there's already a rip. There's already a rest. And he was, you put a flower on him. It was on the great. He was done. And you see Richard Steele go to get a better angle. And Roy couldn't get in there before Jimmy. Richard Steele? No, it's he not Richard. Boxing ref, right? It's not Richard Steele. Give me the name of the give me the name of the uh the referee, Jake the Mighty, who did the who was for the Alonzo Menefield match. It's gonna be something like that. I'm, I'm, oh I mean, I just uh, Richard I, I Steele. That. It's not Richard Steele. I think Richard Steele is the one that stopped uh, Chavez. I a lot of fights and, in my day. Wait, is he uh, the one that stopped Chavez and uh Meldrick yes, Taylor? He did, and I agree with him because the other guy ended up getting brain damage. Now nah, uh, three seconds left. This Jimmy, yes, sir. He was on the floor for a while. And then and then, uh, you know, I didn't know. Mark Goddard? Was, Who oh. else would you mix up with Richard Steele? Was it Mark I know, Goddard? No, it wasn't Mark Goddard. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Oh, I thought, I thought he gave you that on the thing. No. But listen, Alonzo, <laughs> Alonzo's working with Hype or Die. Alonzo's working with our good friend, Pat Berry. Was it Mark Smith? I'm way off. <laughs> Richard Steele. Listen, Richard Steele, Mark Smith, way off. But it was Mark Smith. But Alonzo's working with uh, Pat Barry. So after he knocked him out, he's going to Pat Barry, and they're fucking, they're just bugging out. And it is going, and it's in the, uh, it's in the apex, so that you hear everything. They were just doing the handshake. They were hugging. They were fucking going nuts. So he was, Alonzo was thanking him a lot for getting him ready, Pat Barry. But it was haunting. That guy's going to have, whoever's seen it is going to have nightmares. So, yeah, I was, and, I, and, 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 and respect to Mark Smith, because he tried to get in there and he's like, stop. It yeah. was fucking brutal. But uh, yeah, it doesn't hurt to get those extra ones in. Well, know? don't forget Pat Barry probably does train that way or, or because again, that Czech Congo fight, you know, you, so you think somebody is completely finished and unconscious and then you wind up uh, losing the fight. So yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if Alonzo uh, picked that up from Pat. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with uh, Jonathan Martinez. But he fought yes. Swanson in the co-main event, ended with leg kicks. Yeah, like the exactly. leg kicks were devastating, and it wasn't like it was that many. It was only a, I mean I'm gonna say I don't know the count of it, but it's sometimes you see them get you know you know we've seen guys we've seen fights ended with leg kicks, but sometimes you see it coming. You know what I mean? And you're like, all right, this is I don't know how long he's gonna take this. This was like a few. That's how powerful it was. He kicked it. He did come did like a forward roll and just was like ah. And then he gave him a couple of hammer fists and it was over. So yeah, I saw I saw that highlight. I, like I said, I missed the fights, but I saw yeah. that highlight. I mean that it's uh it's funny because a lot of times the inside leg kick is just a little slap. It's like a little little nap, little mosquito bite. But man, if you if you catch a hard shin, hard inside leg kick to that adductor muscle, that hamstring, he might have ripped his hamstring off off the bone or I, something. You know, like I the way like the way he fell down in pain, oh. it was uh, not good. Jimmy, you should watch the highlight of that because it was yeah. something. And, uh, yeah, I would like to know also, you know. And uh, we should really give respect to Alexa Grasso because yeah. it was a close fight with her and Vivian Araja, you know. Uh, but I think that it went to the right person. It was she, uh, Alexa, even though there were some takedowns with Vivian, got some takedowns, she's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, she didn't do anything with him. And Alexa had well-timed reversals. An oompa, trap and roll. It got her up, got to the feet. So there's no damage down there. So it really came down to the strikes. And her and her jab was excellent, Alexa. And she just looked, she looked really, she, she's looking in form, man. She, they, I mean, you can't really look at many kinks in the armor. She's very dangerous. She's wrestling good. Even though she got taken down, she got back up every time. And uh, close fight, but she won that one. I just want to yeah. give her props, you know. That was, a, 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 you know, the main event, you know. But uh, what else we got for the upcoming card? Oh, we didn't talk Aljo and Dillashaw. Yes. What are you? What are your thoughts on that, Mike? You know I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you're biased, but man, Aljo Aljo looked awesome against Jan. Um, yes. Aljo is when Aljo is able to to close that distance and, and hit hit that the grappling that that Sarah BJJ 
if we will. <laughs> he's able to hit that. I mean, he's he's so good, man. Um, you got TJ. So TJ's last fight was um, Colorado kid, right? Um, Corey Sanhagen. Yep. Yes. Very close fight. You know, that was his first fight coming back off his suspension. Then he tore his ACL, I believe, right? So this is his first fight back after a torn ACL, right? Something like that. I'm not even sure about that. I think it was some kind of surgery he had. So, man, I mean, when you go back and you look at TJ Dillashaw's body of work and, and you go back to that, his peak when he fought him morale, um, he was one of my favorite strikers to watch on the entire planet. You know, obviously there was, you know, some, uh, you know, a failed drug test and stuff in there. And now he's come yeah. back and beat Sandhagen. So, um, we'll see, you know, I, I think I, I got Aljo in this one, honestly, I think, uh, I think Dillashaw, Dillashaw is going to try to wrestle with him. Oh, there, med, medial meniscus bucket handle, which is bucket handle, which is which is bad, which means it had to be repaired, not taken out. So I think it was just as long as an ACL, almost four months, five months. Um, thanks, Jake. Um, thanks, Jake. Yeah, I'm even getting. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking for the for the info now. That's good. Do uh, it. Yeah. So if I had to go, if I had to go with a winner, I'm going with Aljo. Um, I think Aljo reclaims or uh, sorry retains. Yeah. Do you I, think he? Do you think he? Uh, he strangles him, or he gets on his back, or do you think it goes the distance? I think he strangles him. Yeah, I do. I think Dillashaw's always had great cardio. Um, still had great cardio after the suspension. You know, against Sandhagen, not as great as not as much as normal. That was his first uh, his first fight back after two years. So uh, we'll see his first title fight back since what three years ago. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how he, how he performs. And I think, I think Aljo wears him down and strangles him. I believe TJ's Dillashaw. I, I believe TJ's confidence is going to be his, uh, his, uh, downfall. I think he's extremely well-rounded and, uh, I like, and his striking is great, but he, he truly believes that he could beat Aljo everywhere. And that's where he's fucking up because the rest, the grappling ability of Aljo and I seen it firsthand and, uh, obviously um, it takes one mistake. One the scrambles, he he doesn't need to really get it. He, he, a takedown's great. He needs to see the back. He's on the back. And some guys they'll get that body triangle, and man, they're both getting tired, dude. It's either a wrap or it's a round. Okay, so you got that round. He gets on that back. You survive it. Cool. I, I doubt you're getting out of it. If yeah, you when, when, I, it. when I came and trained with you guys up in New York, when I was I was uh, training yes. with Al for one of his fights. Yes. Uh, I went with Aljo at your at mm. your gym, and and I like to give guys my back because I th I think that's why I've become pretty proficient at it is to give guys my back and, and be able to get out of those positions instead of just yes. starting there, give it to them, see what happens. Aljo's figure four and his back take, and like you said, it's either a wrap or you're sitting there for the entire round. And I think I sat there for the entire round. What similar to what Jim was saying? Hey, okay, I'm going to rest right here. Let me yeah. see what he's doing. Let me see what his techniques are. Let me see what what different traps he's setting and whatnot. So it was a little bit of an exploratory round, but also I did not at all feel like I was able to get out. In a lot of different times, I was like, okay, let me try to explode here. Let me try to wiggle my hips here. Let me try to take the leg off. Nope, it was uh, it was special, and it's different, and it's something you don't know. And first of all, it's very that's why that's why you're not getting strangled by Charles Oliveira. Some guys. They have egos, and Jimmy, you, this is what I'm talking about in training. Like, I, I say sometimes my MMA guys, they, they, you know, it's just similar when you're down, Mike. Uh, the guys, they all the MMA guys, they come down to my school, and it's like a boxer going to Gleason's, just doing an MMA guy, just working his hands. They come down and work with the guys who are just doing jujitsu. So it's like they use their wrestling. Sometimes I see them want to stop from standing, and I'm like, wait a second, guys, you two get on the floor, start on his fucking back. You know why? Because you might never fucking get there when you start on the feet. And you're never going to get one. You might feel great about your training session. Oh, man, the guy didn't get me at all. He didn't tap me. It's not about, it's not, about not getting tapped when you're in those training sessions. It's about getting better at jujitsu, both offense and defense. How are you going to get there if you, never, if you never start from there? So yeah. I'm a big believer in starting from bad positions. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I like to even put myself in bad positions. I've been, yes. I've been submitted so many times in training but never been submitted in a fight. You know, never been submitted when it when it when it matters, right? Because I've put myself there, and maybe it is just a lack of ego, and also just you know, there's certain things like leg locks. You grab my ankle, I'm tapping right away. I don't even care. Oh, like, all right, cool. Listen. Like I ain't even trying to get out of this thing. I would rather not take the chance of getting hurt. Um, yeah, but yeah, just putting yourself in bad positions and fighting out of them, figuring it out. No, it's important because there's there's technique, and then and then there's just the timing of it. You know what I mean? You can learn the technique, doesn't mean you can be efficient at it until you 
Just like with the double leg, you can learn that. Oh man, I drill this thing. I, I, I seen how it works, but you got to hit those fucking things. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to yeah. get the timing down, you know, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, when Matt Hughes had my back, I could have sipped an espresso. I, I know what anyway, <laughs> he's no Aljo Sterling, but, uh, so yeah, I like, uh, I like, I like Aljo in that fight. Obviously I think that grappling is going to be too much. And DJ's uh, TJ's not going to know until he knows, you know, yeah. uh, Jimmy, you're being quiet about that one. I, I, I would think that uh, T, I, Aljo gets his back. I think I said that. I, th I think Aljamain gets his back. I think if it goes, TJ striking is really great, but I do think that uh, Aljamain will get a hold of him, and I think that he winds up uh, stopping the fight. I don't think it goes to this. Targets slow to respond areas of the body, accelerates warm-up and recovery times, slows down lactic acid buildup, assists in creating a longer and more rewarding workout. I'm not even a fighter and all these things sound great. We get it. You're probably skeptical, but just think about it. Sweet Sweat only works with an elevated heart rate, meaning you have to put in the work for the product to work. You can't just sit there and have it work. It's not a miracle product. They have a long list of professional athletes that use their product on a daily basis, and they're partnering with UFC Performance Institute to show you the science behind Sweet Sweat. We didn't talk about, oh, first of all, Caitlin Shuhangan. I want to congratulate her on getting her Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Jason Rao and Nick Ronan from the Vanguard Academy. They are both my black belts. They're, 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 uh, they're, they're great young men. And uh, they just recently gave Caitlin her black belt. So huge congrats for that. Yes. Everybody knows her as like the karate girl and this and that. Her Jiu-Jitsu, man, she's legit. She really yeah. is. She's been putting a lot of time in. And it's been showing, you That's know. Awesome. So she's opening the card, Jimmy. Yeah. And Michael, against that French fighter, uh, let me make sure I can get her name correctly because it's Fierro, I believe yeah, is how you say it. What's that? Manin Fierro. Manin Fierro, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. French is a hard one for me, but uh, very solid fighter. She's 9-1. and one, and uh, Yeah, I'm happy for, I'm happy for Caitlin. Um, Michael, now you adopted, you, you guys adopted your second kid, and uh, now is, is it twice as hard as having one, or are you, is it just kind of like a little bit easier the second time? Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, I think it's a little bit easier the second time. Cause you kind of, you kind of know you've already settled into adult or not adult like parenthood, if you will. Uh, yeah. you already settled into parenthood. You gotta, you know, it's your second time around, you know, you're not, you, you don't feel like you're going to, you, you have your first child. You're like, you're so afraid you're going to hurt it. You're so afraid sure. to break his arm. You're so afraid, you know, you're going to suffocate it by holding it. Now, now you realize that children are a lot more resilient than you, than you think they are. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, we adopted him April 19th. I fought May 7th and I was at home from May, June, July, August, September. Um, so I had about three, four months straight to just chill at the house, you know, connect with him. Also transition my five-year-old Hap into, you know, Hey, you're not the only baby anymore. Sure. You're not the only child, you know, cause he was the only child for basically four and a half years. So there was a transition period there and, um, you know, just trying to figure it out as we go. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Congratulations! Yeah, it's nice. Um, braver man than me. I, I, <laughs> I don't think I'm. I'm not cut out for kids. I'm too selfish. I'm I'm too panicky and I'm too lazy. So um, <laughs> get a anyway. bird, my, get a bird, my little bird. <laughs> uh, Bilal Muhammad. Sorry, Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady. It's the headline of the Ooh, prelims. That's right. Irvingly so. You know, Bilal Muhammad been hanging out with the Dagestani crew. He's loving that. And Sean Brady is just, you know, uh, unbeaten in the UFC. And yeah. just looking like a fucking stud. Yeah, he's incredible. Part of my French. Uh, just thoughts on that one. Thoughts on that one before we let Michael get at it. We, we, the show's been going. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I mean, Sean Brady is an absolute animal. The way, the way that he's... Uh, been come you know been streaking but man Bilal, Bilal Muhammad has been such such a mainstay obviously hasn't won every single fight um but he's he's good everywhere so I uh and I'm actually you know a little bit friends with Bilal I would I would be rooting for Bilal I would have to unfortunately give the edge to Sean Brady and well I think I give the edge to from explosiveness and athleticism and and maybe maybe kind of that 
in your face style skill wise is Sean Brady, but I think the veteranship of Bilal Muhammad will hopefully uh, carry him through to an end to the, to the end to get a decision. Yeah, I, I think Bilal wins that fight. Uh, I, I also think decision. Um, I don't think he's necessarily going to submit him. But I think sometimes when you watch a guy who I, – I love watching guys who have been around for a lot longer figure out a way to beat somebody who is uh, kind of up and coming. Like it, it's interesting to watch because everything the newer guy will throw at you you've seen before, whereas maybe there's certain things you can do that they haven't seen before. So, yeah, I think Bilal wins by decision as well. Yeah, you can kind of big brother him, you know, that, that veteranship, you know? Yeah, I love watching that. Against, I, I guess a good example would be uh, um, Edgar against Yair, which uh, was a great example of that. Uh, I, I just love seeing that. My Michael Cerrone, oh, Cerrone versus uh, Alex Hernandez. Remember, Alex yes. Hernandez was surging, and everybody's rooting for Cerrone because just Cerrone, everybody loves Cerrone, and he freaking, you know, get, goes out there. I think he knocked him out or submitted him. He think he finished him. It was just like, you're, you know, Cerrone's you're like, all right, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. What was great about that one was uh, Alexander was was making a tear, you know, and he's that 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 young prospect, and he had a bunch of prepared um, remarks for Cowboy at the presser, and yeah. he was just hitting them with the "You're going to be yeon back to the ranch," and hitting them with a "You're just hitting them with the old jokes," and at <laughs> one point Cowboy's like, "Yo, man," he goes, "Hey." They fucked up and they put us right next door to each other in the hotel. You better watch your fucking mouth. I'm gonna be out knocking on your door. I know it's fucking funny, but you know those old school guys. They would, they, you know, we kind of got into it because we have psychopaths. We like to fight. So these new school guys are looking sometimes like, hey, I'm gonna be a superstar. Meanwhile, you're fighting with cowboy. You probably would have been doing this shit for a couple of Budweisers back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Yes, exactly. Jimmy, yeah, Mike. Yes, sir. Right. I was going to say. I was going to thank Michael for joining us. I th- we're at the end already. Uh, always good to have you out. It was nice to have you for the whole hour. Always. And, of course, uh, good luck against Dustin. That's a great, great fight. Um, and, you know, you guys both know there's big title implications. Um, to, for both of you, whoever wins and whoever doesn't win is going to wind up still being in contention. But that's a huge fight. So good luck, Michael. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me, and I'll uh, talk to you all soon. Yeah, all good, right, luck with the, uh, good luck with the two kids, man. That's great. You got it. Thank you. See you again, buddy. Great to to have you on. Yes. And Matt, thanks. I'll talk to you uh, in a couple of days. Jimmy, a couple of days. And and Jimmy, I'm watching the fights, I believe. At my house. Is that happening? Yes. You confirmed it? Yep. Are you looking forward to seeing me? Can't wait. Are we going to have pizza and cannolis? Yes. I haven't cheated on my diet once in two months, but I'm going to that day. You did? Hey, Jimmy, lift up. I'll lift my shirt up if you lift up. No, I'm not going to lift my shirt. I'm not there yet. Well, you, I know what you, you're like me. You start probably bottom and uh, top and you meet yeah, the middle. Yeah, I do. Look, I do. look at him. Look, ah, oh, Jimmy. And that's the side view. You did lose weight. Hey. Well. You lost, listen to me. You lost 15 pounds. What'd you do? What'd you lose? In that area. 20? Not quite 20. Oh, well, all right. Then why are you looking at me like I'm fucking nuts when I say. No, because I, I wasn't. I want. I want to be like all- 16. What is it? Uh, no, probably about uh, between 17 and nine, around 17, 19 pounds in that area. It makes a difference, Jimmy. I can see oh, yeah. it. I'm I feel very, better. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. There's more to go. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, listen, you better learn before this Saturday your bear hug defense. I'm I will. Gonna, <laughs> like this, like this. And you're going to have to stop a frame. Of the- no, no, no. no. I, I know the bear hug defense. As the person's coming in, I do this. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> I will see you in a couple of days, my friend. All right, buddy. I'll see you Wednesday. Goodbye, Thank you, Michael. everyone. Goodbye. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 